Hi there, welcome to The Marketing Juggle, a podcast where we talk to small business owners about how they use marketing and in particular digital marketing to promote their small business. My name is Anne Nealon. I work with my husband, Damien. We have an agency called Nealon Digital and we work with small business owners to get them more customers and increase sales by using data-driven marketing strategies. So welcome today, Lauren and Kathleen, to The Marketing Juggle. Thank you so much for your time. We're going to talk about your marketing, but before we start, maybe just tell us a bit about your business, how it started, and why you got into business in the first place. Yeah, sure. So Carling Productive Health is a musculoskeletal and sports physiotherapy practice. Uh, we also have reformer Pilates and we run small group exercise classes. We're located in Carlingford, which is pretty close to the Hills area, Beecroft and Epping. So yeah. that bit triangle junction. And as a business, we support and sponsor many local sporting clubs. Uh, we also cater for a wide range of clients, varying sort of types of people, different jobs, different age groups, different needs, different goals. Yeah. And why did you start or how did you start? How did you come to be in this together, I guess? How did you start your business? As um, a physio practice at 733 Pennant Hills Road, Carlingford, it's been a physio practice for well over 30 years, so well before our wow. time. Wow. Um, yeah, so it has a long history in that yeah. location. It's not often identifiable because it is sort of this red brick house behind some hedges. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, you know, sometimes people don't really know and part of it is getting our signage up so mm-hmm. that people are actually aware that it's there so yeah but yeah as far as a physio practice goes it's been there for a long long time both of us actually worked both Lauren and myself we worked for the person who owned it before us okay yes personally myself I've been there for oh, almost 20 years wow so before I got married before I had kids I had already started working at the location yeah Lauren and I I think we worked probably about a year to two years max together Mm -hmm. and then this opportunity came up where the business was sort of up for the taking so to speak up for grabs we didn't know too much about each other we kind of looked at each other one day and said well it's here I don't want to do it by myself you don't want to do it by yourself so how about we go in it together just over 10 years ago in December 2010 wow um, yeah we just agreed yep and then it uh we kind of sorted it out after that And that's probably great because, you know, you don't have that emotional kind of friendship baggage, if you like, not baggage, but you know what I mean? Like you come at it as business people and objective and you can relate to each other on that level without having to worry about it impacting your friendship or, you know, that sort of relationship. Yeah, absolutely. We probably uh, definitely started as business relationship more than a friendship. The friendship kind of came, of course, through the business. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, got to know each other as we kind of worked together. Yeah. And we were fortunate. Um, a lot of our front of, the front of staff that actually came across with us at that time mm-hmm. um, often commented that we just complemented each other really, really well. And perfect. so we we're really fortunate in that way. Yeah, perfect. So tell me, what do you love about it? Why do you love what you do? I would say that we love it because we have a mixture of clients. So we have our mm-hmm. amateur to our elite sports people. But we also have heaps of people in our general population who, you know, just need to come in for their aches and pains and just general injuries. I think also something that makes our job really good is that all our clients genuinely want to get better. They also understand that we don't wave a magic wand. So they know (laughs) that they have to be part, an active participant in their management and rehabilitation. And that's actually really helpful because, 
yeah, like we can't just make a wish right. and then expect it to go away. So we have a working partnership. Pill. No, unfortunately. So, Thanks. you know, we love working in partnership with our clients and they're always active participants as well. What about um, you, Lauren? What do you love about what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So much the same as what Kathleen has said. And the other part, I guess we love, as I said, is not only helping our clients, we actually have a lot of students that come in as well. Okay. Um, and we do a lot of, I guess, practicals within the clinic and on the sports field where we can help those young physio students yeah. develop into, I guess, the physios that they want to be. And mm-hmm. I guess I had great mentors as a physio when I was younger and we want to be able to give that back to, you know, the youth of today yeah, and tomorrow, great. I guess. Excellent. <laughs> What do you wish was easier for small business owners? Like what would you change? Oh, from a small business owner's perspective, probably look, people management. <laughs> that if that was easier, that would <laughs> That's be great. I think so. It is. But in that small team, and particularly when it comes to staffing, as much as we are very fortunate, we have a great obviously team yeah. that work for us and work with us and we work alongside them as well. That one little change in a small business can have massive effects mm-hmm. where you've got a you know company of 100 people one person something happens to you you can cover up but when yes. you've got you know a team of I think oh gosh don't quote me we've got eight in uh-huh. our team yep. at the moment yep. so again you, one thing happens to one person it's just such a bigger follow-on effect yeah but I guess in small business for Kath and I as Kath said with our journey as much as we both didn't plan for years ahead that we would go into business together mm-hmm. the fact we fell into it together and you got two owners who can then help take the weight of some of the business side that makes part of it easier having two owners working for the same cause yeah so for sure that's good what do you wish was a bit easier Kathleen oh I definitely think people management is the biggest thing and I guess and you don't get training in that when you're a small business owner like if you work for a big company and you become a line manager you get training in that but yeah I think it's HR really because most of us, yeah. like particularly our type of health industry, you're actually training as the practitioner. You train, you go to uni, you know, 99.99% yes. of your tutors and lecturers are all about how to be the physio. Yes. There's like maybe one or two hours in the whole four years of your undergraduate degree that is devoted to anything that may pertain to you ever becoming a practice owner. Yes. So you don't really get a lot of insight into that side of things yeah and it's so important yeah absolutely so I guess um learning to delegate certain tasks you know particularly from an accounting perspective and things like that Mm -hmm. you know sometimes it's easy you know you know where you're where to draw the line but then then there's other things I suppose marketing being one of them yeah where sometimes you just like yeah you're never sure where to go let's talk about that how do you promote your business what marketing do you use oh our primary source um has for a long time being just word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Our patients, their families, doctors referring to us yes. has been always the primary one. I think um, one of the things that we did definitely start during COVID last year was weekly emails, okay. uh, which was predominantly to our own database. Mm-hmm. But that just means we're also talking back to past clients, you know, people yeah. who came once or twice yes. and just keeping them in the loop, reminding them that we're actually here they don't have to look again if they hurt themselves. That's so you haven't be- done any email kind of ongoing communication with those people in the past? No. So pretty much March last year when the pandemic hit yes. was kind of that real trigger to say, hey, you better start talking to these people. On a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
much more often. And and look, I think we probably had sporadically maybe once every quarter mm-hmm. sent out a newsletter or, or yeah. you know, maybe once a month, but now we've actually done it weekly. Okay. And what's been the response to that? It's actually been fantastic. We've actually got clients um, who've like open and read all the time. We actually have clients that come in and go, oh my gosh, I read your your thing the other day on the neck and that's exactly what I've got. So that's why I'm here. Awesome. You know, others who don't need us still will go, they pick and choose which ones to open, but it keeps us still in their mind so that they go. So it could just be that someone talks to them and then they'll be like, well, actually Carlingford can deal with that because they've read it or they saw us email them and yeah. So again, it's sort of the email triggers the word of mouth as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's demonstrating good. your expert, like it's that continual demonstration of your expertise. It's, I'm a big fan of email. I think it's social media, you know, is this bright, shiny object, but I think email is undervalued because I always talk to people about, well, just that human touch, right? But over a digital channel, how do you show your humanness? And I think email is perfect for that. I think it took us a little while to get our head around it because we just felt like we were bombarding people all the time. But then taking it back out of the physio industry and then thinking about how many emails I actually received from other companies and I don't actually unsubscribe. So I've got heaps of emails coming through from lots of different clothing, retailers, anyone that I've bought Mm -hmm. from before. And, you know, okay, some I might unsubscribe from, but most of the time I go, oh, maybe not this time, but you know, but then there might be one six months later, I'll be like, oh, that's actually interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that's tempted me to have a look. And and so then it's like, well, really, it's not that different. You know, if Lorna Jane sends me an email or yeah. Catch of the Day sends me an email, it's, yeah, it's kind of the same. And if they know you personally, like, you know, your clients, they're up close and personal with you when you're treating them and they feel that human connection. They know you as a person. Yeah. Relate to you. Okay, so... so- you start using email. How else do you promote? You word of mouth? Oh, website. The website, we started putting some blogs up, but then we forgot about them and then revisited them again recently. And then the social media site, okay. Facebook, Instagram. And now we've recently started to build up our YouTube channel for right. videos. And how much of that do you do yourselves versus outsourcing? Lauren takes care of most of it from awesome. basically all the ideas to the actual creation of them, like all the content development and then planning when to post them out. Yeah. So yeah, we do it ourselves. We do. I think the only thing I'm we outsourced yeah. was the website yeah. where my brother-in-law helped us put that together. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not creative at all. So if Kath didn't like do the tweaks on the design side, mm-hmm. uh, it would probably go out not looking as I guess put together okay. <laughs> as it does. How have you taught yourself these skills, Lauren? How have you? Well, I guess some of them have come from, I guess, scrolling yourselves and to yes. looking at, okay, so what's out there? What seems to be getting traction? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of helpful people on Instagram that might do little how to create a reel because I had yeah. no idea how to create a reel until someone else told me how to create a reel. Yes. And then what dimensions work best for Instagram versus Facebook versus this versus that because I'm coming to realise that there's so many different mm-hmm. sizes that you can use and it's changing That's all the nightmare. time. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like I was, we were just used to the one-to-one ratio in Instagram. And it's like, no, you can now do an eight to 10. It's like, what? eight to 10 now and you can now do landscapes like okay so yeah constantly just trying to I guess keep reading up things okay and just trying to keep yourself educated I haven't done we haven't done any formal courses in marketing I'd have like from that perspective we're just a bit of trial and error that's great that's what marketing is all about in all honesty it's just that the big companies do I keep saying this to people 
Big companies do their trial and error behind closed doors through market research. And so you only get the good stuff coming through. Whereas in small business, you do your trial and error on the fly for everybody to see. Absolutely. Yeah, great. And what do you enjoy about it? Because this is very different to what you're trained in. Oh, absolutely. I think I have to say it probably comes back to the whole wanting to teach not only other physios or physio students, but teaching our patients what to do. So I love Mm -hmm. creating the content and being able to say, right, this is how we're going to help you help yourself. Now, of course, people might go, like I get given feedback all the time that says, but you're telling everybody everything. Why are you doing that? And I said, yeah, but at the same time, I'm educating them. Mm -hmm. And if they actually have the problem, it gets to a point where, yes, they may be able to do that exercise to help themselves, but it's not going to get them the whole way there. So therefore they know, oh, this person knows what they're talking about. They were really helpful for me. I have that problem. I want to go and get it seen to. So obviously, yes, all marketing has that side of eventually trying to get somebody in the business doors. But I enjoy as well, even just the self-growth, like the fact that it helps us keep up to date with the ever-changing world. In the physio world, if you're not reading research papers and looking at all the new content and new ways to do things, then you're not giving your own clients the best of what's out there. So I feel it keeps us accountable. Right. Yeah. Our community and helps us continue like what our goal is to try and be as well leaders in the field. Mm-hmm. So we want to be leaders in this, not only this area, but just want to try and keep showing people where we're constantly excelling in ourselves as well. So that's probably the enjoyment side that comes Love out it. of it. What don't you like about it? As much as I like creating it, the thinking of it is hard. Just like <laughs> thinking about what to cook for dinner. Like I'm happy to do it. I will cook dinner, but it's just the planning and that's, it can be cumbersome and I do mm. procrastinate 100%. It's more time because we aren't really outsourcing it. It is time consuming Yeah, and the editing is tedious on our own. We've discussed, do we outsource to someone to edit it for ourselves? But we figured on the scale we have at the moment, the following we have is probably not big enough to mm. warrant us paying someone to do it. And the way we're trying to make that work for us is by then using that one, let's say Instagram post and making sure it goes to Facebook, making sure it goes to our YouTube channel, making sure we can flip it into a blog somehow, and then maybe have it emailed to our database. That is absolutely the best way to do it. I use a guy on Fiverr who edits some Mm. of my stuff and it's like 10, some of it's because it's not huge. It's like 10 US a video. So there are things like Fiverr and Upwork are pretty good for those types of tasks. If you do get to the point where you go, do you know what, it's not worth me continuing to edit this, I need to outsource. Absolutely. So do you two brainstorm together the ideas? How do you come up with that's your pain point? How do you come up with those ideas? So sometimes Laura's got a good brain. Sometimes it is. No, like sometimes it is the joint. Um, COVID's kind of thrown a spanner in the works for us where Kathleen and I aren't physically seeing each other at the moment. We've tried to split our teams in a way that if something was to happen, it won't knock us all out. So if we were seeing each other every Wednesday morning, we normally would have a meeting together face-to-face over a coffee. We'd powwow over a few things and then I'd go ahead and create it and then come back with the information. Like that would be then my role. At the moment, it's probably been a bit more of, I'll try and come up with stuff. I'll throw it to our whole team. So not just Kath, it'll be thrown to all our physios and be like, what's your thoughts? Yay or nay? What can we change? What can we do? And then we try to have a month plan in advance. So then we allocate tasks according to you film that, you write that, you create that. And then that way. How engaged are your team in your marketing? I would say 
pretty good. They do need direction from us. Like okay. they sometimes they'll come to us and say, hey, I've got this idea. Can we do that? And we'll go, yeah, absolutely. Like really? any team idea we want to try and roll with because I want to encourage them to be as involved as possible. The more involved they are, the less work for us. Yeah. So <laughs> it kind of works in our favour. I think at the design stuff, then I just do. Okay. Like they, I don't ask them necessarily to do that. Well, you want it to be consistent, right? You don't want any crazy ideas coming in. Yeah, so I just kind of do that part, which is fine. I don't mind. I don't mind. I didn't know I was creative, but <laughs> I'm more a maths-oriented person, but somehow I like Canva. So There you go. Fun. It is fun, isn't it? When you do these things, when you own a business and you wear all those hats, you find these skills that you didn't know you had. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, great. So what are the goals for your business in the next 12 months, five years? And how do you see marketing supporting those goals? Well, I guess we're always reviewing our goals because I guess they kind of need to change as the community needs Mm -hmm. change. You know, demographically, things in the community might change or even like pandemics like COVID. But I think the overarching goal of our business is always to provide an unmatched professional up-to-date physio service to the area. We always talk about wanting to be that gold standard physio service, the go-to place, the one that comes up to people's minds if they say, oh, do you know someone? Mm -hmm. So we want to be that practice. I guess the other thing is that probably coming through COVID, one of the things that we're also wanting to, I don't know, bring to people's attention is that physio is not just the thing or the service that you tap into when you've got an injury or when you're in pain or when you're hurt, but more that we can actually help anyone who just actually has a goal that they just want to be better than where they are right now. So Mm -hmm. if you're, if you currently run, but you want to prevent injury, you want to run faster or you want to run further, we can actually help you. We can assess where you are. We can identify where your problems might be. And it's where, you know, and, and then, you know, <laughs> we can prevent you from getting an injury by developing those areas and then work on what you're going to need to either yeah. help you run further or run faster. And that would apply to any sport, really. It's the right message, but it's a hard message to deliver, isn't it? Because it's definitely physios predominantly about cure rather than prevention. Yeah. So it's kind of really just sort of saying, yeah, we're not here just to cure you or help you manage after an injury, but we're, yeah, we'd like to also be part of your journey before that place. That's where your email and your blogs and all of that sort of content marketing will help you deliver that message, I guess. Do you see that? Do you get feedback from people that, you know, those sorts of communications has had an impact from their prevention point of view? I think we probably need to spend more time in our marketing, like our emails, our blogs, whatever, on that more prevention assessment side. Mm. A lot of our content has often been on the management curing rehabilitation Mm. side because I guess that's the stuff that you can easily do on a day-to-day because that's what we're doing 90% of the time in the clinic. That's right. Um, You see it during the day and you go, oh, that would be a good video idea that I've just dealt with. Yeah, that's right. But I guess to write the other message or to convey the other message it's hard to vary it without it sounding the same. So sometimes you feel like we've already sent something that tells you we can assess you. And it's now how do I, how do you say that again without it being exactly the same? Yeah. It's funny you mention it though, because this morning we um, put aside some time and actually filmed a whole series of what we call the healthy checks which pretty right. much was going through every joint in the body and oh, showing wow. you how you can assess it at home yourself to see mm-hmm. is that joint healthy or not yeah, right. um, in various ways. So it's funny, yeah, we talk about that because that's going to be hopefully one of our next series in about a week so coming out for about I'm going to, I am going to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
My ankle's a bit broken. Well, it's a bit stuffed up at the moment. Do you measure, like, how do you decide or assess that your marketing's working? I might ask you the same question, actually. That is something (laughs) we are not very good at, unfortunately. Okay. Do we track the Instagram and things? The only thing I track is, I guess, from the amount of views we might get on things to see, Mm -hmm. is that a popular, Mm -hmm. was that popular? Uh, and therefore is that what people want to see and therefore if they want to see that like we play around all the time like we use um a couple of we've played around with a few different apps to help us post content Mm -hmm. yeah and therefore try and give us a little bit of feedback as to times of day to post and all that but that's probably the stuff which we're still learning okay and so I wouldn't say we know very well how it's working Mm -hmm. (laughs) it might just be as Kath mentioned before that patient comes in and goes I saw your email it's what I have that's why I'm here but we don't go and record that anyway we probably just say to each other oh my gosh that email was great (laughs) people (laughs) loved it okay so you're not measuring back to we're putting all this time and effort into this activity is it impacting the bottom line and that's where we need to improve 100 Mm. that's probably our focus one of our focuses moving forward is to start to really yeah work out is it working or do we need to change? Do we need to change the way we're doing it? Yeah. I think sometimes um, it's separating the purposes of each of these marketing platforms, right? So some of it is sort of like, you know, with Instagram, you kind of go out there, but you don't necessarily go out there to people who are in your local community. So the chance of actually getting that person walking through your door is actually quite low. So it's sort of trying to work out, well, where or which platform is the one that actually is going to draw the clientele to the practice. Um, And I guess that's sort of where the struggle is. Like, you know, sometimes we can focus a lot on the Facebook and social and Instagram stuff because that's kind of in front of your face. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we all kind of hit those apps and we scroll them ourselves. But, you know, I don't turn up to any of those places that I have liked or followed or I just sort of look at their stuff. So really it is trying to work out, yeah, where do we need to put a little, like we may be neglecting some of the areas Mm. that probably could get us more people coming into our door. Even with our YouTube channel, we've started to create it. We need to promote it so that we have more likes. One of my son's friends was like, he subscribed. And then, so he was like, he messaged him and went, oh, your mom just put up a video about um, tennis or something like that. And then he was like, oh, but no one's watched it yet. (laughs) (laughs) Because I literally had just put it up. But that kind of made me go, obviously, people notice stuff like that. Yes. You know, how many likes or how many people have actually viewed it or, and that's, I guess it's that whole, yeah, how do you yeah. encourage? It's, it's where does everything fit and what role does it play in, like I talk about the customer journey, right, from where do people find out about, about you, then they buy from you, then they buy from you again, and then they recommend you. So it's what role does each channel play as you go through that yes. customer journey, really, and measuring how many are making their way through the funnel? Because you're right, the people that come in at the top on your Instagram, you're never going to get 100% of those people walking in your doors. But to your point, they're seeing it, they might, they're learning something. If they are in your local area, they might talk about you to someone else and they may not ever click. They might never interact with you. And I think that's hard because, you know, when you, sometimes when you work in areas and you just expect this one-to-one, but in marketing, it's never one-to-one. It's always just like it's coming down through a funnel. It is hard. It's interesting and it's hard. I think you guys are doing, like, you've got a great handle on it though. Yeah. So what advice then would you give to other businesses, other small businesses like you about how to use marketing? I guess we would just say, just do it. You just need to start. And I guess the big thing is it's about 
it's just progression, not perfection. Something I'm constantly learning as a perfectionist myself (laughs) that it does not matter if you have that tiny slip of the tongue or if the angle's not perfect, if the lighting's not quite right, just do it, get something out there. And of course, we're constantly evolving, constantly changing and just, yeah, we're we're learning as we go. Like, I mean, if anyone went through and looked at our Instagram tile grid, because we made that sort of packed in the start of COVID last year, we're going to make daily posts Mm -hmm. and we're just going to do it. And we're just going to be consistent. That's probably the other thing. Once you start, you've got to be consistent. Now across these last 18 months, people have said, Lauren, you can miss a day. I went, well, no, I can't. I told everybody we would post every day. I can't. And we're not bombarding and doing 10 a day. It's only like one a day. And it's almost like I feel like now because we made that, um, you know, we're going to post every day, that commitment. I'm like, well, I can't stop now. It's been 18 months and we're still, you know, still going. (laughs) My God, what's going to happen if you get sick? Oh, that's why we have a bank of stuff already (laughs) pre-recorded or pre-set out. So it just gets popped. That's good. So just start. That's probably the biggest thing. Just go out there and do it. Yeah. I almost think it's almost better to not be perfect because it, you know, it shows that you're a normal person, that you're the person they'll see when they come into your business. So it's presenting yourself like you'll be when they walk through the door. Absolutely. Yeah. It's funny you should say that because when I filmed a video at home the other day, I had told my kids, oh, I'm about to film. So they stopped doing their thing. Then I was halfway through a bit and then you hear my daughter going, hey, mom, hey, mom. Right, I, and I was, I was like, oh, no. Anyway, my son, he asked, he goes, oh, mom, can I have a look and see if I can help you like edit your video? So he was, and then he goes, mom, come over here. Can you hear that? My sister's in the background going, hey, mom. <laughs> and then he said, oh, but you know what, mom? It's actually better. It's more natural. Yes. And, then, and it, it's actually kind of cool that you can kind of semi-hear that still. I agree. It just gives that, oh, look, she's a busy girl and she's a mom and she's relatable. It's all about that. Re- when you're in, when you're small business using social media, it's all about being relatable. Absolutely. Is my kind of last question, is there anything else that you would like to add or talk about? Probably from a marketing thing, it's just always adapting and being flexible. Yes. Um, having a structure, like as you said, what happens if Lauren gets sick? Good question. But Lauren has a plan and Lauren has a structure. So, um, and then I guess, you know, Lauren does try to use Hootsuite or Later or any of those kind of um, apps that allow you to schedule, like a scheduler, you know, so you can schedule ahead of time as well is always um, helpful. But again, you know, that's always changing. Everyone's always changing their apps and services. So it's just trying to uh, keep up to date yeah. with what's that's available. Hard, isn't it? When you're already trying to just keep up with your profession to have to try and keep on top of all this stuff as well. But it sounds like you got, I mean, it makes it easier if you enjoy it, which it sounds like mm. you do. And you can see the business benefits, even if you're not measuring it to the letter. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's right. Because, I mean, in a way, in our industry, as much as, you know, some people put more effort into one than another, if you don't have one, even to prospective, let's say, employees coming on, they look at that nowadays. They yes. look and say, do are they active on Instagram? Are they active on Facebook? Do they look like they know what they're talking about? That's the one thing they do to look at you before they potentially come and work for you as well. That's really interesting because you're not just marketing to your customers, you're marketing to potential partners, potential employees yeah that's a really good point I really like that thanks again to you both for joining me today I really enjoyed hearing your stories and learning about how you're using marketing in your physio practice I wish you all the best of luck as you continue to grow and keep going with those YouTube videos and all the things that you're doing thanks again see you soon